So let's talk about how I worked every single day and everybody else was off in their houses just sitting, working from home. Okay, that was a bit of a rude intro, but it's fine. Uh, I didn't leave my house because I do get to work from home. But that's always a benefit because, like, you have to see people for four days in a row. And I didn't see anyone for, like, four days except through Zoom meetings, which is not, like, a real form of human interaction. Zoom meeting is fake. It doesn't feel like you're really talking to a person when you're on Zoom. You feel? Yeah, because, like, this brings me back to COVID. I feel like with COVID, we were seeing each other on screens throughout the whole day. But you still felt very lonely on the inside. And then you fall into the like dark and twisties, you know? And I find it interesting that, yeah, I got to see people, but for some reason I still fell into the dark and twisties. So that's because it's cold and that happens to everyone when it's cold. I like forget every single January that I live in Chicago and it's going to be a cold place and it's going to get proper winter because like December was nice. Like it was what, 55 degrees at Christmas time or something like that. And then out of nowhere, negative 12 for three days it felt like and it was not the kind of cold you can handle it was the kind of cold you go outside and it hurts and then you want to go back inside and never leave but at the same time we like you want to see people but not enough to go outside i kept telling myself to like give me comfort that nobody else was seeing people but i don't know i just like fell even more <laughs> Yesterday, when I did go outside for the first time all week, my friend and I were going to get ramen, and they were like, I don't need to make a reservation. No one's going to be going out. But we went for ramen, a warm soup. So everyone was in this ramen restaurant together. And we all it was funny to watch people come in. And it was like the same response. Everyone came in frozen cold, wearing like six layers, wrapped up in a scarf with a hood, the whole nine yards dissembled themselves in this tiny little ramen place to sit and have dinner and then by the end of dinner no one wanted to leave so everyone was like lingering for a very long time and it was surprisingly crowded so i guess people maybe are seeing each other even in the cold the windows were all humidified and then everybody was extra hot because there's too many people in that little ramen place and you're like what i'm sweating <laughs> why am i sweating I find it interesting that weather imp impacts us so much and that, like, even though I was still going out and I was seeing people, I still felt the same as you did in your house by yourself. And I'm like, wow, maybe I do need to get a happy light or something and be all like, we need sun. But I do like the snow and the whiteness that it's brought. That sounds Horrible. Katie loves whiteness. You heard it here first, folks. Um, I know what you mean. I like having seasons. I wouldn't want to live somewhere without them, right? Like somewhere that has sun all the time doesn't sound better to me, even though I miss the sun when it's gone during the winter. But it, like the past couple of days, it was sunny. It was just freaking cold. I don't know. It's nothing makes me feel more like I'm just a plant than when it's cold and wintering like i just need to lay out in the sun and get vitamin d yeah but then like the summer you could also have dark and twisty vibes it doesn't necessarily attach to weather all the time you know 
explain further the dark and twisties in the summer because I don't experience those. I think it depends. It isn't as bad because I think there's a lot of healthy coping mechanisms you can use in the summer, at least where we live, because you can go outside, which is thrilling. And there's like more time. There feels like there's more time in the day because it's not dark at 5 p.m. And once it's dark, it's time to be inside. It's time to go to sleep. It's time to be under a blanket. It's time to like chill. Um, But I don't know. Sometimes in the summer... There's a lot of pressure to be in a good mood all summer long because it's nice out and because you can go to the lake and because you can do all this stuff. And then sometimes you don't feel like that. And you're like, wait a second. This is not the deal I signed up for. We scheduled that for the winter. We don't have time for that right now. You know? Nothing's worse than being alone in the summer. (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) Like when you have to go to the lake alone because you have nobody there. <laughs> it's the worst. It's a different kind of loneliness then because you do have the option to see people. At least in the winter, you're like, uh, everybody's just by themselves. <laughs> but in the summer, you're like, everybody's with people and it's just me out here naked <laughs> at the beach alone. <laughs> It's like it's socially acceptable to be alone in the winter versus the summer, you know, like in summer, you're supposed to have a group of people that you're going and doing things with all of the time. And sometimes you just go by yourself and it's a little lonely, but you're also like, I'm having a great time. It's warm and sunny and I have this great book and I'm laying out having a good time. That's not the experience of being alone in the winter, I would say. Being alone in the winter, you're like, I'm cold. It's cold outside. It's cold inside because likely your heater broke at some point in the winter and you're sad about it. I haven't had this. I almost had this experience, but not quite. I got a weird note from my landlord being like the heat is out as I was actively sitting in front of my heater watching the hot air come out. I was like, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. He said, let me just communicate this just so that people know, just in case. You never know if it's going to go out or not. It's a precautionary note that the heater might be might be broken. I'm so grateful my heater hasn't broken. I'm hearing like horror stories and I'm like, I have felt very comfortable. But also I feel like in the winter, you only can read so many books and you only can sit in your chair for so long. And also nothing is popping up on Netflix. Like... Listen, I have beef with Netflix and their content right now. I mean, some of it's not fully their fault, right? Like, there was a huge writer's strike, so there's not any new content coming out, right? And we're going to feel the effects of that now because nothing was worked on for like eight months or something like that. And so now there's nothing to come out because there was no work done. So everything's like behind. But at the same time, I need Netflix to stop producing really great shows for only one season. And then leaving that season on a really great cliffhanger and you have like the potential to do a whole second season that I would be equally invested in. And I go look it up. It's like, no, the show was canceled. And I'm like, I don't now have to go invest in a different one. What if there's only one season of that one? How am I supposed to handle this? So anyway, Netflix and I currently have beef about there's nothing. It's just like I've seen it. I've watched it. I need something new, Netflix. I need something new. You would think good content would come out in the winter because everybody's like inside watching. 
That was one of my thoughts. And then also, it's almost worse because you know that the second season is coming out, but you have to wait like a whole freaking year for them to film it and then them to pick the right date and to release it. And you're like, can you? I don't know. But also, they've picked up on that and now they're releasing episodes like once a week. Which is basically what cable was before. <laughs> Let's talk about that. But instant gratification, I feel like we just see, doesn't actually help us. Like, it doesn't help you personally, but then also in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't help the economy. I mean, we talk about that a lot, right? About how waiting doesn't feel great necessarily, but it's like really good for you. And as we in the Netflix example, it is important to wait. You can't just like, if you have this constant flow of content constantly coming out and like instant gratification, new episodes, it's not going to be as good quality. And we've seen that sometimes where people like you can tell when they've rushed production or when they try to force one more book if there doesn't feel like there should be a book ready yet and you're like disappointed by that too if it's like you didn't give this the time it needed like you should have taken another three four six months whatever but now I have a like a half done product and I'm not excited by that either you know this reminds me of how like the farmers plant the seeds and then they have to wait, which <laughs> it's something I was reading this morning, actually, how you don't just plant one seed, you plant like thousands in order to get hopefully a crop. But we always think, oh, well, the farmers know that they're going to get a crop because we're looking at it from an outside perspective. But when a farmer plants, they could get a crappy crop. They don't know. Each season could be different. And, like, it's so interesting how with waiting, we don't want to wait, but then we know that it's good to wait, but then it's, like, agonizing waiting. And I feel like that's what the winter is, just waiting, which doesn't make any sense because we seed plant in the spring. But anyway, that's my thought is, like, we're just waiting for these seeds to grow. But in the winter, I feel like... There's only so much time where we can just sit alone or like in a small group and be healthy. I feel like it gets to a point where you're like, I'm in the dark and twists and I need to get out. But it's hard because not like everybody is there. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But I feel like in the summer, you see who's like, really interested in being with you because they call you and they text you because they have things to do. I don't know. I almost think it's opposite. People think you show commitment in the winter, but I feel like in the summer, people show more commitment. I feel like in the summer, people show like interest or commitment by like being really invitational, right? And because people also tend to be more at their best because they want to go out and do something, right? So you want to bring people into that versus... If I'm sad and cold at my house, I don't really want to invite someone else to come sit and be sad and cold with me, even if that's what you need, you know? Like, it's just, like, not as exciting. You're like, what are we going to do in the winter? There's only so many times you can go out and have ramen, for example, or whatever, right? It just depends. 
That's super interesting that you say that because isn't doesn't the winter bring out the most vulnerable part of you like the most real you're just like this is my like rawest self just in my house because I feel like when I go home I'm me you know what I'm saying even when I go home to my parents house for example I go sometimes just so that I could be my most authentic self whether that's bad or good and I find it interesting that you're like I'm not going to invite someone to my house and see the just just sit with me like that's not that's not going to be good but it almost brings like an uncomfortableness because you're like they're just going to see me and that's that's it all they have to pay attention to is me which is so funny because that's what we're doing right now (laughs) and just so y'all know just an insight we have one mic and we're passing it to each other and at first I was like this is embarrassing this is what this podcast is going to be like because I'm scared to like buy whatever, figure whatever out. But I actually kind of like it because I feel like it's forcing me to listen to you, like actually listen to you and not just talk over you. And yeah, anyway, I really enjoy that. So I might just keep doing this little mic thing, one mic thing and just keep passing it because as I was saying in the first episode, if you listened, the goal of this podcast is to have good conversation and at first I was talking about hard questions that I ask and how that starts good conversations but today like my eyes opening to another aspect that leads to good conversations which is listening and I was talking to a friend earlier and he left the conversation thanking me for being a good listener and I was like Oh, I haven't been called that in a while. But then also now I'm like, oh, like that, that aspect is so important in conversations. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think physically having to pass a mic back and forth, right? And like pausing in between that is something we don't do enough. Like we're so go, go, go. And we're so like, we're talking instant gratification, right? So often we want to be heard more than we want to let other people be heard. Um, But it needs to be a give and take for anyone. It's important to remember that other people want to be heard too. And it's like a skill, right? Like it's, you don't become a good listener by talking a lot. You can become a good listener by listening to other people. And so I think it's something like we aren't spending time practicing as much anymore, but it's definitely... It's a skill I think more people have potential for. I think they just are out of practice, maybe. So it's teaching teaching people and giving people opportunities to listen to one another rather than just talk at each other. It's like talking with each other because a conversation isn't me talking at you. That's a lecture. A conversation is me talking with you and you talking with me and vice versa, right? That's what a conversation is all about. I feel like I have really like funny conversations when we're talking over each other and it's like a lot of interrupting and back and forth and back and forth. But like having a good quality conversation, usually I catch myself just like sitting there, just like reading the other person, whether that's like reading their body language or reading like their emotions that they're portraying or listening to what they're saying and how those words tie into everything. I feel like I just end up like being an observer almost, which is interesting. Um, I don't know 
if that's great for a good conversation, though, because as you're just saying, it's not about like being talked at. It's about being talked with. <laughs> um, So like maybe we have to make sure that I have to make sure that I'm being heard as well. And people are doing the same for me, observing me. Um, Wow, that's an interesting concept. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Is like we were talking about how I don't love hanging out with people in the winter at first. If they're not someone who I already know, right? Because like it is going to be a lot of observation. <laughs> I don't like not everyone gets to observe. Like that's not for everyone, <laughs> clearly. Um, but it's like trying to figure that out, right? And it is letting yourself be seen by other people and listened to and like cared for is not an easy thing necessarily. I think it takes work and you have to be willing to let people listen to you and like not just expect like, especially in like a funny back and forth conversation, you can kind of just like be talking about nothing for hours. Right. But we want to actually talk about something substantial every once in a while. We like we're out of practice of what is a substantial conversation. What's something that's like meaningful or like, oh wow, that was a good conversation, right? Like, what is a good conversation? Is it just I had fun talking to that person, or was like something come out of it? Like, oh, I'm taking this away from that, or like I learned something, or like I don't know. What's a good conversation, Katie? I love that you asked me that because in the intro, I talked about how I didn't realize I was having good conversations until people told me I was. And it's funny because this chick right here, y'all, is one who told me that she thought I was having good conversations with people. And I was like, what? And then I was like, huh. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I feel like. Good conversations start with hard questions, which is why this podcast has it, it exists now because it starts with a harder question. Um, but I think it it a good conversation includes depth and substance, like you said, whether it's like personal or whether it's about the world, whether it's about the economy or whether it's about the weather or anything that like affects you I guess you would say affects the person I'm talking to or it affects me on a personal level almost um usually the one leaving the conversation feels surprisingly heard and observed but they don't realize they were being observed I think they just realized that they were being heard yeah, observed is, like, an interesting way to put it, right? Because, again, like, do we want to be observed? Hmm, not sure. But we definitely do want to be heard. I think that's, like, kind of a universal truth that people want to feel like they were well listened to Um, if you're in a good conversation. I think you're right. It's not something you, like, realize necessarily until afterwards you're like, oh, that was a really good conversation. If I think that's part of it is, like, you're not, like evaluating it as you're talking you're just talking and it's like you're talking you're listening and you're not really thinking too far in depth of like was that a good conversation or not but you come away from it being like wow that felt that felt right like it's just a feeling that you can tell when it's good and when it was like worthwhile and you're like 
those are the kind of conversations I want to have. I want to seek more of those out, but also like try and get too much of like you trying to orchestrate it. It like breaks the magic of it somewhat. And that's why literally right before we started recording, I was like, this kind of feels forced. And I've been actually kind of thinking about like podcast podcasting this concept of authentic good quality conversations is hard with a computer and a microphone. It almost has to just happen on the fly, like with a phone and like a mini mic. And so like I don't know, maybe I'll be playing around with it more. I probably shouldn't be disclosing this to you guys, but here we are, like, being authentic (laughs) and real and raw. Um, Not all the cliche words, but I do feel like it has to just happen. But also I feel like there is some intentionality involved because usually with my good conversations, I actually, like, come up with a question and I just dive in, like straight deep I just go in to what they really want to talk about but they're not going to bring it up maybe because it's too personal maybe it's because it's too real maybe it's because it's something like the concept of being observed like I don't want to show you that or I don't want to talk about that either it feels like a broken record or it's embarrassing, or it's vulnerable, or it's just something maybe that no one has noticed ever before. And they're like, wait, you noticed that about me? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about it. And I think that's what makes you a good conversationalist is you're willing to just ask it straight up. But it's not in like an accusatory way or any bad intention at all. It's genuinely like, you just want to know. And so you're going to ask, which like, I think there's like some beauty in that boldness of just being like, I have this question. I know you have an answer. I want to know the answer. Like, just tell me. And being willing for as far as they'll let you go to have that conversation and like giving it space too. It's not necessarily like a conversation that starts and stops once. Like maybe it's a topic that you're going to dig into a couple times, right? But you get this far today and then you're going to revisit that be like, hey, remember when we were talking about this like this many months ago? And maybe the other person's like, no, Katie, I have no idea. What are you talking about? And she's like, and you'll just dig in. You'll just like say, well, I remember. Let's let's bring up those receipts. Let's just like get into it again and go one step further. And I think that's um, something that not everyone does, for sure. Usually they do remember, which I find it so funny. But yeah, I feel like there is a boldness to it and an intentionality to it. Um, and it also like brings me back to that one verse where it's like, uh, closed mouths can't be fed. I feel like sometimes we just have to be curious and we just have to tap in. Um, that is not a verse I thought I was going to ever quote because I remember one of my bosses would quote it and I'm like, uh, (laughs) but I'll take it. Open mouth. That's what we're going for for 2024. That's the Katie version of Katie's translation coming at you soon. Just get ready. 
but you're right like it's like you have to ask the question like how are you going to get it answered if you just like expect someone you never ask or you have these questions and you like don't bring them up you're never going to get any deeper I mean I think that's what I appreciate a lot about our friendship is like we ask questions and are willing to just take whatever answer is given and ask a follow-up and be like okay but what about this but what about this okay, you said this, does this apply here too? Like, how does this all work out? And yeah, I think there's a beauty to questions. And I think we all have a lot of questions we want to ask, but sometimes they're scared to like answer questions in return. And it's that give and take, right? Sometimes you can ask a question and not expect to have to answer it. But a lot of times you might get that question thrown back at you and you want to decide, do I want to share that? And most of the time you're like, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I do want someone to throw a question back at me in a similar way. I love when people accept the answers that I give versus like the answer that they gave. Like sometimes I just give a one word answer and they're all like, but you need to say more. And I'm like, that's all I got. And something I like about Emily is she just accepts that raw answer and she's like, okay, bet. And I'll do the same for her. If she gives me two words, I'll be like, I'm going to take those two words and I'm going to hold them. Just like accepting what is given and not put an expectation on what you want to receive. That's also really important. Wow, some bangers up in here. Y'all, I'm on threads. Anyway. Follow Katie on threads. She's going to pop off and y'all are going to want to be there first. All right, y'all. I hope you have a good night.